Okay, so let's continue with the Yasoda Fishi. Uh, Shri. Okay, this is a big one. Lots to talk about in this one. Okay, so the Yasoda Shri. So after the Rama discusses the Yasoda Shishi, which is Navua in general, right? He has an extra Yasod on Navuas Moshe Rabbein. That's the Yasod. Navuas Moshe Rabbein. And that is, he says, Shinamin Shehu Avihen Yokohanavim. That Moshe Rabbeinu, that we believe that Moshe Rabbeinu is the father of all the Nevi'im who came before him and come after him, right? And the Ram explains the word Av means like the greatest in, in other places he discusses it, okay? Um, you can't be the father of someone who came before you, but it means to say it's a, it's a uh, Derek Marshall. He's like, like the, uh, the head, the leader, the, the Rosh. All of the other Nevi'im are lower than him in stature, in, in their level of Nevi'ah. Interesting, Ramam. And he is the Bechir Hashem, the choicest, the, the chosen one of Hashem, or the choicest for Hashem, of all of mankind. One second. Uh, it's interesting because the last you saw it was Vadas Shazeh Hamin Hanushi Yesh Te Yimsu Bo Anoshim Bali Kishon. Right, the last you saw was that there are within there are individuals within the human race that can uh, have great have great uh, abilities and uh, and characteristics and uh, perfection that they can reach this level of Nivua. And now he's saying that Moshe is the Bechir Hashem Mikol Hamin Hanushi. Okay, he's the one who's chosen from, or he's the highest level of all of mankind. Asher hisig mimenu yisale yoser mimashe hisig v'yasig kol adam shenimza v'sheyimatze. So he... Um, more than any man has perceived um and will perceive, or who existed, or will exist. V'shehu olav ha'shalom higia l'tachlet ha'romot. That Moshe has arrived at the the uh, the objective, right? The, the, or the 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 end of the aromas of the of the of the heights. Me'al ha'nushios. Ad shehisig hamale hamalochis v'nasa b'malas hamalochim. He, he reached the level of like a malach. There was no veil that he did not tear. There was no physical impediments, nothing, no physical barrier. There did not remain within him any imperfection, small or great. And his um, imagination and his um, senses and all of his perceptions were at rest, like ceased. Okay. And his um, emotions, his, uh, the, um, you know, you, that's the round. That's the round label of the emotional world. The koham is over. Was all, um, I guess, Ms. Boyle is a little bit of a strange uh, expression here, but it's um, like it was confused. In other words, it means it was, well, the point is, Vinishar Sechobavad. So he had no more attachments to the physical, and he remained an intellect alone. And the Al Inyan Ze Amro Allah Shu. Okay. And with regards to that, it said that he spoke to God without the intermediary of Malachim, of, of, uh, of, of intelligent, uh, of, of other forces. So I'll come back to you guys in one second. And um, the Rambam 
goes through this more at length in the Sodi Torah about Moshe in the seventh um, parak again, where he discusses Nebu in general. And then just to summarize it, he, he says the same basic idea that, um, yeah, that he was, um, he was like a Malach. Okay. Yeah. One second. Okay. He was like a Malach. Okay. But, so the question is like this. So so what is the Yisoda? What is yeah. the Yisoda? Is part of the Torah of Moshe worship? What, what's the Yisoda? What's the Yisoda? Why is the Yisoda a Torah? Why is one of you Gimel Econom? And um, did Aaron and Miriam not know this? Right. I thought you would ask something like that. Okay. Yeah. In other words, if this is just a, something to tell you that the Torah can't change, so that we have already. That's another research. That you probably won't change. Right? In other words, if this is like some kind of a thing like, well, since he's the greatest and no one can ever outdo him, so it's like part of making sure the Torah won't change. But that's a separate research. Right? The Torah won't change. This seems to be a separate thing. You have to know that um, Moshe is different. And by the way, in the uh, in Hilchah's Tshuva, hmm? it's not there in Vav. No, it's Zion above. It's Zion above, thank you. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, where, that's where he goes through the differences, right? Yeah. But do you have that line that he was like a safe old uh, Nifrod? No. Maybe. I can't find it right now. But, um, but the Ramam does say, for instance, in in Hilfa's Tshuva, where he goes through the people who are Kofrim, but Torah, so he does have that in there. He says that that's one of the, um, let's see, is that a min? He says, Hamisha Hamanikra min, right? Those are about God. And then he has also, Shlosha Hain Hanikraim Api Karsim. Yeah. Omer Shain Sham Klau, right? That's one. That's that's the sixth episode. And Hamachish Nivosa Sham so he has a, a person's machesh and vosesh of Moshe Rabbeinu. It means that he doesn't consider it to be different than it's a, um, then it's, then he's a, a sulfur. Well, yeah, I know. I don't want to read that part yet. Um, what's interesting is in the Mora, in book two, 30, chapter 35, so Ram says even more about Moshe Rabbeinu. He says even more about Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, he says like this. He says, um, I have already, or we'll come back. He says, um, I must tell you that whatever I say here of prophecy refers exclusively to the form of the prophecy of all prophets before and after Moses. But as to the prophecy of Moses, I will not discuss it in this work with one single word, whether directly or indirectly, because, in my opinion, the term prophet is applied to Moses and other men homonymously. Homonymously. That was getting extra anyway. Okay. Meaning to say that um, that Moshe's, he says, this prof the prophecy, I'll come back to, I'm skipping a little bit because I, I don't want to get into this other point right now, but he says, his prophecy was distinguished from that of all his predecessors, is proved by the passage that I appeared to Abraham, etc. But my name, the Lord, I was not known to them by my name. Thus we learned that his prophetic perception was different from that of the patriarchs. Okay, that's early on. And excelled and excelled it. And Kavachomer must have excelled all the prophets, uh, all the other prophets before. Um, and basically, but basically he's saying that, um, he says that Moshe's, what, 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 when Moshe's only called a Navi, 
in a derech, in like a homonym term for with the other Nevi'im. But the phenomenon of Moshe's Nevi'ah is not even, um, is not quali- quantitatively greater than the other Nevi'ah, than the other Nevi'im. It's a totally different phenomenon. And in all of his, in all of what he's talking about here regarding Nevi'ah, uh, Moshe's distinction is qualitative. Moshe's distinction is qualitative. That's interesting. That's not part of the Yisod, right? He doesn't put that into the Yisod. Into the Yisod, he just says that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is different. Apparently, around all of the Ramam holds, it's qualitatively different, and it's not even proper to call it Nevoah in the same way as you call the other Nevi'im, uh, you know, Nevoah. But that's not that's not part of the Yisod. All that's necessary for the Yisod is that he is greater than any who preceded him and who will follow him, okay? But that doesn't seem to be all, right? Because the Ram could have made it very short. That Nevoas Moshe, Moshe was the greatest Navi that ever lived and the greatest Navi who will ever live. But again, he, he doesn't say that alone. And that's not even the focus. The focus is more on how he describes, no, it's because again, Ram's idea of Nevoah is a result of the person's perfection, right? As opposed to some kind of a uh, just arbitrary, um, miraculous uh, interact, uh, message, right? So therefore, to discuss, to say that Moshe was, a great, was the greatest prophet also has to be understood in the framework of what makes a person a Navi. And therefore, part of understanding that is that he is, like he says, he has reached the tachlis aromas, mikol hanushas. Okay. He has reached the ultimate, um, the ultimate uh, goal, the ultimate objective of, uh, of, of mankind. Okay. And how does he describe that? He has a few distinctions here. He says, um, yeah, he's he's up on the level of the malachim, and he says there was no mesach shalokaro. There was no veil that he didn't tear. Now, what does that mean? What's that a reference to? A veil that he didn't tear. So it happens to be the Ram and the Akdama to the to uh, Avos discusses this idea. Okay. And conveniently, it's in this same book. So it's in the um, sixth, the seventh chapter of Shmonaprak. What's called Shmonaprak? Okay, I'm not, not going to go through it, go through the whole thing. But basically, what he says is that um, he says many. You'll find many midrashim and agadita, okay, and gemaros that discuss that there were Nevi'im who saw Hashem from behind many veils, and some who saw Hashem from behind few veils, according to their, to their, um, to their level, or to their, uh, of closeness to Hashem, and their height in their, their, their level of Nevo'ah. Okay, so the lower level Nevi'im are considered to be seeing, perceiving Hashem through many veils. And the higher level of the VM are seeing Hashem through fewer veils, the Derek Marshall. And he says, and what does it say about Moshe Rabbeinu? That he saw Hashem from the Spaklario Hamira. Hamira Naim. Okay. And what is that a reference to? He says, that's like a, a, a very clear uh, stone. Meaning to say, it is nonetheless, it is. It doesn't obscure the view like a veil. Right? If you're looking through a veil, the the view is being obscured. But it also is not is not direct. There's some intermediate. There's some there's some um, let's say um, there's something that is in between, so to speak. But is not is something that is um, but but it, but it's uh, what do you call it? translucent? <laughs> okay, I have to think about what kind of a muscle that means. But he says. But what is this whole whole idea of um, of, of Nevi'im seeing through veils and Moshe seeing through the clear medium 
of the Yalom and Zechuchas, okay? It means like this. It means like this. That we already explained that there are different kinds of perfections, right? There's the perfections of your intelligence and there are perfections of your midos. And there are also imperfections. Okay, there are imperfections in, in your intelligence, in your logic, in your in your mind, which the mind includes all of those memory, logic, intelligence, uh, imagination, right? And then there are also um, perfections and imperfections in, in midos. All right. Gaiva, anger, um, brazenness, uh, money, uh, avarice, and well, greed, all these things. So he says, he says like this, he says, all of the imperfections are considered veils that separate a person between himself and Hashem. And the Navi says, Ki em avonoseichem hoyumavdilim beinechem levein elokechem. So these imperfections are considered like, like chatoyim, like avonos, okay? And it's the avonos that prevent you or that separate you from, from God. They said avonoseim means the ro'os halalu. So it could even be, an avon doesn't necessarily mean uh, a transgression of one of the mitzvahs. It could mean some kind of evil. And an evil means some kind of an imperfection because evil is, is, a, is a lack. So he says that's what it means when it talks about the veils that are that are that are separating man and Hashem. And that's what he says. He says, he says because it means like this, because a Navi can only a person can only become a Navi when he has acquired perfections. And therefore, naturally the degree that he is <clears throat> that he remains with the imperfections, his level of nevuah is going to be impaired. And the, and the derech marshal is saying, what is preventing him from seeing further? It's like these deficiencies, these imperfections, are b'derech marshal veils that are shielding him or preventing him from seeing further. You see, just like just like in a physical sense. A veil would obscure the the view of a physical sight. It means to say, what prevents the navi from having a clearer perception of Hashem's Hashem? Uh, it's his imperfections. Okay. So when he says, and you'll see that, the, for instance, when a, when a navi is in a bad state of mind, in a bad mood, and things like that, he can't have nevuah. Like Yaakov didn't have nevuah the whole time Yosef was gone. Okay. Or uh, Elisha had to, uh, when he was angry, he had to, he had to calm down. Okay. And, um, and he says, and the Chacham say, So therefore he says, for Moshe, when it says that Moshe was, was or Mir Sinaim, he says, it means say shalom nishar lefonov mesech shalom karo. Use the same lashon. He didn't have an, a, a veil that he didn't tear. Meaning shekavar nishlamu bo hamalos hamidosios kulon vehamalos hagionios kulon. Okay, so he already he already had the perfection of all of his midos and all of his uh, the intellect the. The, the Midos perfections and the intellectual perfections. Okay. So it means, um, yeah, when he already had all of those perfections, then he requested from Hashem according to, to be able to perceive Hashem according to his, his truth, his existence. And, um, yeah. And he says, and he said, Okay. So that was what Moshe was asking. Because after he had basically removed all of the impediments that naturally prevent the Navi from seeing the clearest possible perception, Moshe at that level couldn't go any further, apparently himself, because he was he was already so he was mitzioso. So it says, since I don't have any more of my own imperfections that prevent me from, from uh, the perception of Hashem, 
he requested Hareninus for death. Okay. Oh, so Dio Hashem then Hashem informed him that that's impossible since he still exists in the physical existence. Okay. In other words, there is low Yirani Adam There's a certain intrinsic limitation on the perception that a man can have of God simply because his existence is still um, in this physical world. You know that? It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a very good question. He says, one second. The only thing that separated from him from, from God's, from, from his perception of Hashem, was one more Mesech, and that is Hasecha Hanushi. The fact, the, 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 just the intrinsic limitation of the mind. Okay, that's not Nifrat. As long as the Seichel, Adam, is still dwelling on this earth, that is an intrinsic limitation. It's not because of some imperfection. That's just the um, the nature of uh, of man's limited per- perception. So he, he wasn't totally wrong. He wasn't wrong because there was a knowledge that he was able to receive after his request. There was a further knowledge of God of Hashem that he was able to receive, but he didn't know the limit of it. So he asked for the unlimited. The the the, the Abarbanel, do you remember the Abarbanel? He has a funny, uh, I think he means Derek Marshall, but basically he's saying like, you ask for, you know, like the Derek of asking is you you ask for everything, and you'll you'll get you'll get what you what you can get. You don't ask, you don't try to, you know, you can't get it all, but you don't know where the line is. So, ask for everything. Right? Not that he thought he could have everything, but what was he supposed to do? Ask for, give me ninety eight percent of what I have everything. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's something to think about, but. But basically, um, he says, basically, Hashem told him, And then maybe he thought it's possible. Maybe, maybe he thought, sometimes there's knowledge that you can't derive because of your situation, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can't hold it. But okay, it's still, it's still a question. So he was told, no, so that, that it's impossible for him to even perceive it. Not much, much, much more so to to derive it, but he can't even be told it. It won't even be able to be uh, sensible in, in, in his framework. And uh, I don't want to go through more of this, but but basically says that intimate knowledge would be considered punim, uh, re'iyas punim. Because when you see somebody's face, the Ram says, it, it makes a very strong impression on you, a very strong, uh, you know, uh, you have a clear knowledge of them and you can't mix them up with somebody else. Moshe's knowledge was from the back, so to speak. And from the back, you can sometimes mix somebody up, but you know them, you still know them very well, but not, uh, you know, but still subject to some kind of confusion. So that's the Derek Marshall. That's the Derek but, but still, still, the point is that um, the point is that when the Ram is talking about Moshe being the greatest Navi, and not having any veil that was left untorn, so he means again in the nature of what of what a navi is, and that is a person who has uh, gained all of these perfections and has no more veils, no more causes that obscure the view. Okay, and those would be either either intellectual imperfections or midos imperfections. Now it is true; it's it's interesting. It is true. It doesn't mean that he had no, it, it doesn't mean he was incapable, like you were saying, of being of um, hate. Because we know, we know that he did, that he did uh, not go into Eretz Yisrael because of a hate. Question is, what exactly was the hate? But um, plain shot is, it's the, um, hmm? Same shot is it's the um, it's the main Mariva, right? Meaning it's uh, the events that surrounded the uh, the Mayim and, and, and the Evan. Exactly what it is is interesting. The Rambam's take on it in Shmona Prokem 
is that he misled people about the knowledge of, about uh, about about the knowledge of God, because he 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 portrayed that Hashem was angry. The way he spoke to Bnei Yisrael gave him the impression that Hashem was angry. There was no real indication that Hashem was angry. But um, but yes, yes, it's true. Even the even the person who is in the greatest level of perfection, that still it's it's interesting. He still is susceptible under circumstances to be thrown out of balance. It is interesting. That, 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 is a, that is something to think about. But basically, let's put it this way. The average person, in his, even in his resting state, is really under a lot of internal turmoil. right? And that's the product of his imperfections. A person has needless imperfections or... Uh, certainly intellectual imperfections, then um, then it prevents him from having the fullest uh, metaphysical uh, knowledge. Because if a person has a gaiva, for instance, or uh, certain you know, anger, whatever, attachments to certain physical things, it's going to prevent him in one way or another from being free, and certainly all of his energies will not be free, to devote fully to the pursuit of, of knowledge. So Moshe was in the state where he didn't have any of those draws on him, naturally. He was, in, he was in, in his normal state, he was completely free of any of those conflicts. That doesn't mean that given a, an extreme situation, he can't be provoked, but it means to say internally, he had no... Uh, Raging conflicts within him. You understand the, you understand the difference? Okay. Right. That's why Anivas is, is is the greatest expression because Anivas means you're not uh, the Anivas means you have no uh, you're not imposing like like Yosef says you're not imposing any of your personality or your desires or your predilections or your uh, you know uh, outlook on on the subject. It's purely you're purely approaching it. As a student and 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 a um, and and a uh, and someone who is interested in uh, in the subject for what it is, so if a person is about gaiva, even if he's not even if he's not engaging another person, it's going to it's going to impede his ability to um, to think, because he does have ideas that he generally, you know, he does have ideas that serve his interests more. And those are the ideas he's going to want to seek and find and, uh, and promote. So, uh, so Mojo had, had exceeded all that. But still, but still, the question still, is, still remains, what is the Yisod? What is the Yisod? What's the importance of this? What's the importance of this? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's, before we answer that question, so the Ram goes on with another, uh, another discord, another hisnatsas uh, of of why he can't do what he wants to do. Okay, so he says, so he says after explaining the basic idea of the esod, again, which is that Moshe is the greatest navi that ever was or will be, and essentially meaning he's the height of human perfection and his uh, and practically on the level of a malach. Okay. He says, um, he says, yeah, he's a seichel bilvad. Um, and that's what it means. And he was medaber Hashem beli and tzoros hamalachim. And he says, and I want to explain this. I wanted to explain this astounding matter and um, the Efare Stumos Psukiatora, and to explain certain hidden, certain, you know, uh, certain um, obscure or obtuse Psukim in the Torah. And I wanted to explain what it means, Pe'el Pe'el, and all of this Pasuk, and all the other things of this matter, except that I saw that these matters are very fine, okay, meaning abstract. And they would need a great, uh, broad introduction, okay, and um, and full, uh, wide, and full, you know, uh, preparation and, and introductory knowledge. 
and I'd have to explain first the existence of malachim, right, and the difference in their in their levels before God. What does it mean? Different malachim are on different levels, right? I'd have to explain all of that, and I'd have to explain the soul, the human soul, and all of its uh, powers, and and v'yisrachev ha'hekef ashnagia. I have to. I have to go around. I have to widen this circle until I reach to the to, until I uh, speak about the tsuros shehiskiru anavim laborei lamalachov. Okay, whatever that means, the tsuros that the neviim mentioned about God and the and the malachim, and um, and that wouldn't be enough. Okay, below yaspik leinyanze levado. And even and that wouldn't even be enough. And even if I would cut cut it short, as short as possible, a hundred pages, okay, it still wouldn't be enough. So therefore, I'm going to leave it alone. And I'm going to leave it for the book that explains the midrashim that I promised you I would write, or the book of Navua that I started to write, or the book that I will write about the easy sodas, okay. So he gave up in the introduction to the Mora, he discusses why he didn't write those other two books. And the Mora kind of like takes the place of those two books of Navua and Madrasha. Okay. So basically what's interesting over here again is that the Ram is saying that this Yisod, this is just like the tip of the iceberg, right? This is just like the product, the basic conclusion but I can't really, he wishes he could go through and show everybody all of the, the deeper ideas that generated this and that uh and that these are really you know distilling and expressing but that's not possible but nonetheless the isode still is the nonetheless the isode still is capable of us we can still have the again like we said before you can still have a um an amit and amuna uh, amitis of this isode because we can still understand even though we don't understand uh you know all of the chilukim and all of the harchava uh, and, uh, and the hakdamos and uh, the, the different levels that he's talking about, we can still have some knowledge of the yisod sufficient to qualify. Now, what is that knowledge? Of? Okay, that's what's interesting. How much do we have to know and understand when we say that Moshe's nevuah is different in order for us to have this yisod? Okay, so. So the Ram doesn't stop here. We're about halfway through this Yisod. <laughs> and it would seem the remainder of the Yisod is what he considers important to understand what it means that Moshe's Nebuah is different. Because if I just say Moshe's, Moshe's Nebuah is different, that doesn't give you any concrete idea. Right? We're not even sure from the last uh, Yisod exactly what Nebuah, uh, how it works. So now, and he said oh, last time too, I wish he could explain more about that, but I really can't. We just have to sufficient to know that a man could rise to a level where he has perfections and he's able to have perceptions through a malach from Hashem. And now he's telling us that Moshe is different. But 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 how? How? And 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 how is that difference important? So important that that it necessitates its own so yeah. I know we're and then, you know, like continuing from the from the idea we were saying last week, that was you can have to have to have true knowledge in the in the framework of the esodos means that I have the um, means that that I understand the content of the statement. I understand what the statement is uh, delineating. I understand what it is telling me, even though I don't understand the why of it, even though I, or, or the how of it. Okay. So if I tell you Moshe's Nebuah is different, you have to tell me in what way is it different. Otherwise, it's an empty statement. Okay, I don't have to explain to you um, all the details of how such uh, of how he arrived at that, or what, or or even or even in detail what it, what what each particular uh, what his experience was. But I have to be able to lay down some chiluk, and that I have to lay down some chilukim that at least point you, and this is the important point, point you to the important idea of this episode. So if we look through the Chiluka, maybe we'll be able to figure out what the importance of this episode is. Yeah. So is the first statement being so not enough? I mean, you already said Moshe received more than Alex. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. So let, let's see. So here, here, here are his Chiluka. He says like this. And, and the Ram 
repeats this uh, in the Yatu. He says, I'm going to go back to the thing itself. And I'll say it like this. That Nevuas Moshe Nivdolo mi Nevuas called Shar Nevim Ba'ar Bo'ahdeo. Apparently, the Ram holds, unless you, unless you understand how it's different and, and what these four distinctions tell you about it, you're lacking in, in, in these. Words. I'm not sure if you would say you're a kofa if you don't have these chilukim, but it certainly don't have the, um, you don't have the full picture. I have to think about that. Okay, anyway, so what are the four things? And what do they indicate? So the four things are as follows. I have the Rishon, Chekol Novi, Eza Shehiyah, Ein Hashem Medaber Ito, Ki Im Al Yidei Em Tso'i. Okay. So the first difference is that a regular Novi is only is only spoken to through an intermediary. Umoshe Beli Em Tso'i, Kemoshe Omar, Peh El Peh Adaber Bo. Now it's interesting. He doesn't really go into what he means so much about an Em Tso'i over here in the in the um, in the episode, but he does let's talk a lot more about it in the uh, in Hilchus Yisroel Torah, and basically he means to say, in Yisroel Torah explains the Emtsoi of course means a malach, and it means that um, that they are getting the ideas that they're getting their knowledge through a vision that they have to interpret. Okay. And that is like this. Um, he says, "Hadvarm shem modim lenovi b'mar nevur derech marshal." Yeah, modim lo miad u modim lo miad yechaki b'libo pisron hamarshal b'mar nevur v'yede mahu. Okay, so when a Navi gets a um, gets a nevuah, so he gets some kind of a marshal, and he has to interpret what that means, like the sulam that Yaakov saw. Okay, that was a marshal. He said it was a, ma- a marshal from Malchus and Shibudim. Okay, uh, or the or the animals that Yecheskel saw, or the the boiling pot, or the the uh, the almond uh, tree. Uh, the Yim Yosa, all of these things were visions, and then they had an interpretation of it. Okay. Some of the tell you the, the martial and the interpretation, some tell you the interpretation alone, and sometimes the, 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 the martial alone. Okay. Um, but everything is the martial, the derechiba, hemis nabim. Okay. Um, but he says, but when he says, but he says, but by Moshe, by Moshe, he says, um, he's different, involved. He says, call, and this is what he's on call the Vim like the Malach, the Pikach, Rowan, Mashain, Rowan, but Marshal Vakita. So whenever a Navi, any other Navi other than Moshe, is through a Malach, and that's why he sees it in a vision. That's why he sees a Marshal. Because the part of the idea of a of a malach is through the imagination. It means to say, like we were saying the other day, you can't have the direct, his intellect is not capable of having a direct perception of God, a direct, a direct perception of the Dvar Hashem. He needs an intermediary. Intermediary is a combination of his imagination that is informed through the through the malach. So basically, there is some kind of a translation that the Dvar Hashem goes through the Malach, and then the Malach conveys through the man's imagination, and then the, his intellect has to interpret it. Okay? He says, but Moshe, he says, but Moshe, lo ayide Malach, shnemar peh el peh, dabrebo, shnemar Dvar Hashem el Moshe, ponim el ponim. Okay? Even though it says Tumas Hashem Yabit, that means Shein Shom Marshal Eleroa Hadover Alborio below Chida below Marshal. Okay, Vehu Shatora Me Ida Love Umara below Bechidos Sheina Minabe Bechida Ele Bemara Sheroa Hadover Hadover Alborio. So 
That's that's what the Ram means over here. When he says that every other Navi is through a, an Emtsoi. Okay, but an Emtsoi means, like I told you last time, remember I told you last time that the Avraman Ram says, what does it mean to be an Emtsoi? Emtsoi doesn't mean I'm talking to you directly, right? Wrong. Because the sound that I'm producing with my larynx is vibrating the air that's between us, and the air is communicating that vibration to your ear. So there's, I'm not really speaking to you directly. I'm speaking to you indirectly. Right? Call you on the telephone. I'm speaking to you directly? Indirectly. So what is it? So, so, so Abhiram says no. Because when we talk about direct versus indirect, it doesn't, it's not a question of whether it's traveling through a medium. Question of what, the question is whether it's traveling through a dot. If I tell Yosef a message to give to you, that's not direct. The phone call is direct, even though they're both traveling through something, uh, some, some intermediary. But the question really is whether there's a translation, whether there's, whether there's an intellect is receiving, uh, uh, understanding, and translating. Right? That's, that's what we mean by indirect in, in the framework of communication. So Moshe, so every other Navi, the Dvar Hashem goes through a malach, through the man's imagination, and then he has to interpret it. You understand? Because he got a translated message. Now he has to sort of decode it, so to speak. You understand? But Moshe's Nevoah did not have any of that characteristic. He saw the Dvar Hashem exactly the way it was. There was no... There was no um, sulam that uh, he had to think, well, what does a sulam represent? What are the malachim going up? And why, why are they going up and then coming down? The, 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 the Devar Hashem itself was presented to Moshe. Okay, so it's interesting. That's the first one the Raman puts over here. Okay, yeah. So is this then also why... Uh, why... We'll get to the rest. Right. We'll get to the rest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Think about... So was Nifrat. Okay, so that... That's the first one. And then he says, and then he says, the second one is, and, and of course, all of these are going to dovetail into one, into, into this, into, you know, they're all going to be facets of the same thing. Right. So I think you're right. I think the essence is the Ram puts this one first. He has a different order in the Yad. It's interesting. But over here, he puts that one first. And then the second one, he says, every other Navi is, uh, Hashina. It has to be asleep. Bachalom halayla. Okay, or or he says in the in the yad he could be uh, beyond right. Or in the daytime he has a, a tardema and a fellas al navi. But basically, shovsim kol chushav umisrokenes machshavto kein shina. And that's hamatzav zeh nikra machazet umare. And that's what says bemaros. Okay, elokim. But Moshe Bolo Hadibor Biyom who omeid bein shnei akruvim k'moshev ticho Hashem v'noati ticho Hashem v'dibarti iticho. Okay, so all the other neviim is b'marei lovesvade v'chalom adavro. It means they have to be asleep. But lo kain avdi Moshe. So that's the second difference. That every other navi has to be in a state of cessation, a state of cessation. What is the main point? The main point is Shovsim Kol Chushov Umisrokenes Machshavto. He has to be in a state that all of his uh, his senses and his um, thoughts are kind of tranquil and sedated. And now his mind, now his imagination is free. Right? Like that's the way the Rambam, we, I think we saw in the Mora, right? We discussed it last week. That he has to be a why is the nighttime the right time for the uh, for the nevuah? Because you have to have the you have to be able to have the imagination working free of all the other distractions. So basically, uh, a regular man, other than Moshe, his waking state is not conducive to to, to nevuah because his waking state is still his energies, his uh, his identity is still based on his physical drives, his physical desires, his imagination is still, his, his thoughts are still gonna be turning to other things. And it's impossible for him to have a nevuah 
in the state of, uh, of being awake because his natural state is still the human state and still focused on the physical. Okay, one second, let's get the third one. The third one is, and again, they all, they all are going to fit together, is that when a Navi gets a Navua, he gets very weak, right? His body shakes. He has a fear possesses him. He feels like he might die, okay? Like Daniel said, and uh, he quotes the other Pesukim, and he says, but, uh, but Moshe is not so. Not only is he, allowed, he, he, is he awake when it happens, right? That's his condition, but it's just like speaking to a friend. He, has, he doesn't undergo any kind of physical um, terror. He doesn't go into any kind of physical uh, trauma. Okay, so again, I think the Ram is trying to show you again that what? That to the normal person, even a Navi, that experience in the voice still shakes him to the core. He still is not in line with all of his perfections. He still is to be to be totally um, exposed to the truth of Navua is still incommensurate to his natural state, and therefore it causes him some kind of a great fright. Okay, because essentially it's a it's a moment it's a moment that he's still connected what he is essentially, and therefore it causes a great um, you know. Uh, Shock to the system, so to speak. But for Moshe, the Navu is natural. The Navu is in a natural state. And that's the last one. The last one is that every other Navi cannot have Navu at will. Right? And that we read last week in the in the Mora, right? That the Ram says his theory on Navu, his idea of Navu is, is unlike the philosophers who held that once a person reaches a certain perfection, they must be a Navi. Right, so our idea of Nevoah, even though a person reaches a certain level of Nevoah, a certain level of Chachma and perfection, it still is up to the Ratz Hashem. Okay? And as he says, that is what he calls the fourth chilek. That um, at the top of the next column. Shekol hanavim lo yavoam hachazon b'ritzonam ella b'ritzon Hashem. And some never reach that level. Okay? And some try to get to that level. Those are the Benea, the Benea Nevi'im, he calls them. He says, but Moshe, he says, but Moshe, yeah, where is it? Of all Moshe, yeah, the Einze Hechrachi Shiyisnabe calls man Shiyiskone. It's not, it's not necessary to become Nevi'im. Of all Moshe Rabbeinu calls man Shiyirza, Omar, Imdu Ve'eshma'a. Stand here and I'll, and I'll find out. In other words, it was up to him. He did not need. He 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 did not. Um, he he was not in a state that uh, was dependent on the Ratzon Hashem. Vomer daber al Aaron achicha v'al Yovam chol Right? Tell Aaron he can't enter the Kodesh Hakodashim at any time. But Aaron can't. But Moshe can. So that one is. That last one is the hardest one. To me, that last one's the hardest one, because the other ones I understand. You can say Moshe was on a high level. The Seichel Nifrad, meaning what? Meaning his whole essence was Seichel. His whole essence was removed from physicality. Like that's what the Ram discusses more here in the Yisurda in the in, in Hilchis Surya Torah, right? Uh, that uh, Hashem said uh, to everyone else. You know, go back to your tents. But Moshe never went back to his tent, meaning the level he attained at Har Sinai was totally detached from physicality, and he never returned to any kind of normal state of, of, uh, of engaging the physical. Okay? But, so so therefore, he was like Seichel uh, Nifrat. His whole essence was his knowledge and his understanding and his ideas. And therefore, the, he needed no more translation through the uh, through the through the through the malach. He didn't have any. Uh, he didn't need to be sedated. He didn't, need his, he didn't need his senses to be, 
you know, sedated or, uh, or, or subdued in order for him to have a Nevoah, like being asleep. He didn't need, he didn't feel any shock to the system because he essentially was existing like that level of, uh, of Malach. Okay. But, but still, the Ram said in the Mora that the Ratzon Hashem is still something. He's still, the Ram said, the Navi is not always on. It, it, even if the person is on the level of the Buddha, the Ram says it could still be from the Ratzon Hashem. So it still is dependent on the Ratzon Hashem. So the other, the other three, I understand. You'll say that's the difference of motion because that's the greatness of motion. But what's the fourth? Why was he always, why was his Nebuah no longer dependent on the Ratzon Hashem? Was that just God's will was that he shouldn't have to will it anymore? Well, then that is the Ratzon Hashem. I mean, what does he mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the point is like this. And let's get back to the, to answering the question about the Yisod. I think the point is like this: that 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 what's the what really is the nature of the, uh, the essence of this Yisod? I think it's like we were saying before. In other words, this has to do with Torah. It's not. It doesn't have to do with with, with Moshe per se. It has to do with the idea that. We have to relate to the that the Torah is directly from God, okay, and therefore you have to recognize that the transmission through Moshe is not a transmission of a regular nevuah, which is an interpretation from man. It has some element of interpretation from man, okay. That would make the Navi and Hashem, so to speak, shutfim in the, in the message that's produced. You understand? Because there is some kind of a translation and interpretation, and it would be dependent on that on that Navi's uh, ability. But the Devar Hashem, part of the Yisod of the uh, the Yisod, is that the Devar Hashem of the of the Torah is not a translation from through Moshe. It's it's not the Malach. It's direct, and therefore you have to you have to accept that idea. Otherwise, your otherwise your your idea of Torah is distorted. And the I think the point with the with the Ratz and Hashem at the end is that the only reason is that he's saying since he existed perpetually in the same state, there would be no there's no shinoi in his state. There could be no shinoi in the Ratz Hashem. Every other navi, he is a different kind of a gavra every time, and therefore there's a different there's a different idea of Ratz Hashem. But by Moshe Rabbeinu, once he achieved a certain state. His his essence that was his essence his, his very definition was that gavra of nevuah and that type of a, that type of a if nevuah is part of the if if, if the if the seichel is your essence then there's no inyan of rasna hashem the only time there's an inyan of rasna hashem is when there is a is when the the, the, the nevuah is still like a mikra to the individual it would still be some kind of an event. But so therefore you can say, okay, the Ratzon Hashem is in this time he should experience this event. But for Moshe, it wasn't an event. It was part of his very, the, the very uh, part of his very existence. And therefore, as long as he, as long as he exists, he's under the same exact condition. It's not, the, the, there's no, there's no Shpinoi in him. There can be no Shpinoi in the Ratzon Hashem. Okay, we can think about it. Or it could just simply be. That, that was a separate zechusia, <laughs> but I think I think I think the point is that if he if you reach the tachlas hanushi to that degree, there's no sense in the the the, the Hashem is not is not is not arbitrary, and therefore if it's if there is a if if Moshe's essence never changes, then the Ratzon Hashem would never change. Now let's think about that though. Okay, so the next thing I want to discuss, though, is for, for next week, 